Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score, and today's episode is presented by Subway, who now delivers so you can get back to the game. I often like to view the fantasy season in four game stretches. So, during fantasy draft season in August when we're looking at schedules, I always recommend to everybody just focus on the first month of the year. After that, injuries, player performance, all that sort of stuff can change our initial outlook. So now we are a month into the year. We have a pretty solid view of what the fantasy landscape is, and we can start to look ahead at that next four-game stretch. And hopefully, you have a winning record right now. Hopefully. If not, don't worry. I've turned a ton of teams around that were 1-3, and 0-4. Oh you can do it, including in my main home league. Last year, I started the season 1-3. and three. I haven't lost since. That's including I went undefeated on the way to the title after that last year, and I started this season 4-0, and so it can be done. But the question is, how are you going to do it? One way is the trade market, and I'm going to be putting out my first trade value column this week, so that can help you make some deals. The next is to take advantage of what we know and try to apply it to what we've seen so far. Some teams that have struggled out of the gate here, are they actually bad? Or is it possible that it was just their schedule, and if that schedule gets a little easier, we're going to see better performances from those players? And that's what I want to focus on off the top today. Teams that have started with bad schedules, but are about to see softer opponents over the next month, maybe even beyond. The first is the Texans. They've gone up against the Saints, the Jags, the Chargers, the Panthers. That's been especially tough on their receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Both those guys have underperformed over this first month. And I mean, how could you not? Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye, Casey Hayward, Desmond King, James Bradbury, Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore's not having the best season, but all those guys are tough cover corners. Not an ideal list of corners that you want to face to start the year, that's for sure. Hopkins, his last three stat lines here, 5 for 40, 6 for 67, 5 for 41, hasn't scored since the opener. And Fuller also hasn't done much since the opener. He's got stat lines of 4 for 40, 5 for 51, 3 for 23. Almost had a big day on Sunday. Just missed out on like a 75-yard touchdown, I think it was, where Watson overthrew him. But coming up here, they get the Falcons, the Chiefs, the Colts, the Raiders over their next four contests. Not nearly the same level of cover corners on those squads. So expect some bigger days from those guys. I'd be trying to buy low on Hopkins, but... The Fuller owner might be more willing to part with him since he's not as big of a name, obviously. The Cardinals are another team that you should be looking at closely here. They've had some tougher matchups over the last month. The Lions, the Ravens, the Panthers, the Seahawks. Kyler Murray also having his share of rookie struggles. The learning curve's real. But listen to this upcoming schedule. Cincinnati, Atlanta, the Giants, and the Saints. So Murray, Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, All players that I'm trying to trade for right now. Unfortunately, I mean, Christian Kirk would be on that list, but he got hurt near the end of Sunday's game. He was near the top of the league in targets, so he's a name to monitor. We'll talk a little more about him during the injury section in a second. The Packers, they had a tough one. Maybe the toughest start to the season. They had the Bears in Week 1, the Vikings in Week 2. They also had to take on Vic Fangio's Broncos defense, and I know they've underperformed a bit. Still not a great matchup. Jim Schwartz's Eagles defense saw how they shut down the running game, and they're not out of the woods yet. The Packers got to take on the Cowboys this week, but then they get the Raiders and the Chiefs just a couple weeks from now. Devonta Adams might be healthy by then. We 
actually could finally potentially see what this offense could be with everyone healthy, with maybe a better schedule. We'll look to the second half of the season for that, but I will caution. They open the fantasy season with the Bears and Vikings. That's also how they're going to close the fantasy season. They get both those teams in week 15 and week 16. So if you're planning on making a deep playoff run, you might want to sell your Packers after this next stretch. Before the trade deadline, though, comes around, which in most leagues is normally around November. And then the last team that I want to mention, I've talked about several times over the last few weeks here. It's the Jets. They had Buffalo to start, and that's a tough Bills defense. Really a nightmare for opposing passing offenses. And then Sam Darnold went out. They had to take on the Browns pass rush, uh, the Patriots defense, which we know is pretty good. Darnold's going to be back soon, though, possibly in week five. And they have the Cowboys. They have the Patriots at some point over the next month here. But after that, it is smooth sailing. I mentioned on the last episode, the Dolphins, the Giants, the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Dolphins again from week nine on leading into the fantasy playoffs. So load up on your Jets. Robbie Anderson, Chris Herndon, some of those guys you can get on the waiver wire. Le'Veon Bell, Sam Darnold. You want these guys on your team. And honestly, the Jets could be the key to a second half run for some of those fantasy teams that started off slow to begin the year. Let's move on and recap some of the big injuries from Sunday here. As always, most of these guys are going to be undergoing testing on Monday, so we're going to get an update early in the week. But for now, here's what you need to know from Sunday. The only update that we have on Mitch Trubisky is that his head coach, Matt Nagy, doesn't think the shoulder injury is going to be season-ending. Now, it's not his throwing shoulder. It's his other shoulder. That's still a pretty ominous remark from his coach. Seems like he's going to be out for a while here. He left the game in the first quarter. It was a strip sack, kind of fell awkwardly, almost immediately got ruled out from the game. Seems like we're going to be without him here for a bit, but we're going to know more as the week progresses. And we saw this offense in his absence last year. We saw it this past game. Not so great with Chase Daniel under center. Allen Robinson, his ceiling drops, really becomes more of a volume-dependent guy. And we've seen that happen with Michael Thomas, with Juju Smith-Schuster. Both those guys, when their starting quarterback went out, really relied on the volume to still produce. And it took their ceiling down just a little bit. And really... With Trubisky out, there's nobody else in that passing offense that you can use. It might force them to lean on David Montgomery, but so far that hasn't turned into big fantasy days. Maybe the Raiders can help with that this week. They're going up against them on Sunday. Josh Allen is in concussion protocol after that scary helmet-to-helmet shot that he took when running. One of the dangers of playing a rushing quarterback, we know that the production that they could put up is fantastic, but the risk of injury obviously higher. The Bills are on bye in week six, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them hold him out until week seven when they're taking on the Dolphins. Good chance you're going to be without Allen in week five, and I wouldn't be playing any of the Bills in my lineup until he returns. Derek Carr underwent some precautionary x-rays. Doesn't seem like anything too serious. He didn't miss time, but he was reportedly grabbing at his lower leg at one point during the win over the Colts, so something to watch there. You're not using Carr in fantasy, but We do need him in order to have Tyrell Williams and Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller all producing for our fantasy lineup. So we want him to be out there for the Raiders. At running back, Marlon Mack suffered an ankle injury. Another one here that doesn't seem like it's too serious. He didn't play much in the second half, but apparently that had more to do with the Colts trailing big in that game rather than the severity of the injury there. So Mack said he could have come back in. Seems like this one should be minor. We'll keep an eye on his practice participation. Jamal Williams, remember this one, going back to Thursday, it's easy to forget sometimes those Thursday contests, but 
He was stretchered off after he took a cheap shot from Derek Barnett. Williams is apparently doing well, but we don't know how much time he's going to miss yet. That bumps up Aaron Jones' value, puts rookie Dexter Williams on our radar as potentially a deeper pickup. Devontae Adams, his teammate too. Williams wasn't the only one that went out of that game. Adams left late, has this turf toe injury, could keep him out a few weeks. We're waiting on official word there, but expect Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison. They're going to be the starters while he's out. They're going to be wide receiver threes in fantasy with some significant upside as well over the next couple weeks here. And even a rejuvenated Jimmy Graham also gets a boost for fantasy. He's going to sneak into the low end tight end one conversation. Christian Kirk led the Cardinals wide receiver court in snaps on Sunday, but he left late in the game with a potential high ankle sprain, possibly even an MCL injury. MRI upcoming for him. Have to think he's going to miss at least a few weeks here, maybe as much as four to six, according to some of the medical experts out there, like Dr. Jesse Morse. We had him on the podcast during the preseason. He was speculating that it could be up to four to six weeks there. Jarvis Landry left with a concussion. He was having a surprisingly big day against the Ravens because the Ravens completely sold out to try to stop Odell Beckham. But the concussion puts uh, Landry's availability in doubt for week five. Emmanuel Sanders hurt his knee late in the game, was bothered by it. You could tell that he was bothered by it. Could be something minor, though, something to monitor for sure. Some other quick updates here. Kenny Stills left with a non-contact hamstring injury. Could open up the door for someone like Kiki Cootie to get back into this offense, get some more snaps. Paris Campbell on the Colts. He suffered an abdominal injury, came back in the second half. But even with T.Y. Hilton out, the Colts just spread the ball around. So this isn't the biggest news for fantasy. Campbell's still just a stash for now. TJ Hawkinson got carted off with a concussion. Saw him take a really awkward fall there. Might not have the rookie tight end for week five. But right now, he was just sort of on that fringe, low-end tight end one, uh, tight end two streamer kind of spot. So you're going to have to find someone else likely for week five. That brings us to the top waiver wire options. And if you've been listening, you know, I'm not going over every player here. I do that in my waiver wire column. That comes out on Monday night on the score. But here we're going to hit on some of the top options that you should be targeting. At quarterback, it's a rough week. It really is. Andy Dalton tops the list. He's 35% owned. We haven't seen him play yet in week four. He's taken on the Steelers on Monday night football tonight. But if he makes it out of that game unscathed, He's going to be in a nice spot against the Cardinals defense. They push the pace. They're really not a strong defense at all. They've given up 10 passing touchdowns through four games. That's a nice matchup for him. Jacoby Brissett, 35% owned. He's going to go up against Kansas City. Wasn't thrown for huge yardage in the first couple games, but he's improved in that area over the last couple weeks. 310 yards, 265 yards. Also has thrown multiple touchdown passes in each of the first four games. Now he's going to get that Chiefs team, which could force him to open things up a little bit. KC just gave up three touchdowns to Matthew Stafford on Sunday, so Brissett is in the conversation there. Some other guys, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's owned in a bunch of leagues, 55%, but if he's still out there, he's an option. He's coming off by, gets the Browns defense at home. Gardner Minshew, another two-touchdown game for him. Now he heads on the road to take on the Panthers, only 14% owned, so he's an option for you there. And Sam Darno, keep an eye on his status because he's only 13% owned, could be a sneaky start against that Eagles pass funnel defense. And remember that second half schedule I just talked about. So he's a guy that if you don't play him this week is somebody who you could potentially stash for down the road here. At running back, Ronald 
Jones. I really should have brought Mike McClyman on. He's one of the NFL editors at The Score. He's our resident Bucks fan as well because he has given me a hard time because I've been so down on Jones over the last two years. And right now, it looks like McClyman might have had a point. Jones, 70 rushing yards or more in three of the first four outings this year. He's even caught a couple passes during that time. And he had 19 carries this past weekend. And on top of that, and the stuff that's not in the box score, he had two long runs called back on penalties. So I will say this. I am not ready to trust him yet, especially going against the Saints next week. The Saints have Sheldon Rankins back. That boosts their run defense. But Jones is standing out. He's a RB3 right now in fantasy. Has some upside as well. Could really just take on this job because we know Peyton Barber was the guy coming into the season. He was the starter, but he's not a great talent. He was really the starter by default. And Ronald Jones, if he can put it together, which it seems like he potentially is here, he could become something, maybe even an RB2 in fantasy, if he can continue to prove it to us. I want to see him keep it up, but he absolutely needs to be owned everywhere. And maybe, I'm not going to apologize yet to McClimate, but we're getting to the point here where I might have to. Uh, Jordan Howard, 56% owned. He gets the Jets next week. Everyone's favorite three touchdown scorer from Thursday robbed the Miles Sanders owners of the breakout game they were hoping for. Howard put up 115 yards from scrimmage and those three touchdowns in that Thursday game. His touch counts have increased every single week, and it's a committee, I know, but Howard isn't going away here. Really quite the opposite as his role is growing. So he's an RB3 flex has some RB2 upside based on the touchdown potential, and is probably going to get a positive game script going up against the Jets next week. Could see another touchdown or two there, so he should be picked up. Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines, this one really depends on Marlon Mack's health. Seems like Mack's okay, but he's been banged up a few times recently, so stashing Wilkins isn't a bad idea, and that goes for a lot of the top 10 handcuffs here. I know we're coming up to bye weeks, and we're going to see some of these guys get dropped, but Alexander Madison... Malcolm Brown of the Rams, Tony Pollard, Jalen Samuels. I've been including all those guys in my waiver wire column over the last few weeks because they're the guys that you know for sure are going to take on bigger workloads if the starter in their offense goes down. So don't let them hang out in the waiver wire to allow somebody else to scoop them up if that injury happens. You want to own those guys if you have the free roster spot. Make sure you have them. For wide receivers, There's a lot of guys that are hovering around that 60% ownership mark. And normally in my waiver wire column, I only talk about guys that are under 60% owned. But Robbie Anderson, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Philip Dorsett, Cortland Sutton, they're all right around that 60% ownership mark. And they have to be owned everywhere. I don't care how big or how small your league is. Geronimo Allison, 24% owned. I mentioned him earlier with Devontae Adams out. He's going to step up, see some more work. We've seen Aaron Rodgers target him in the end zone as well. He's somebody that can sneak into your lineup as a wide receiver three this week. Golden Tate, 49% owned. So sounds like a lot of people listened to me last week, but he needs to be owned everywhere until we see what he has. This offense, the passing offense is much better with Daniel Jones there, has some more hope. Tate's a guy who's gotten it done in the past. So you want to roster him, see what he can produce over the first week or two when he's back from suspension here. Kiki Kuti, I talked about earlier, 18% owned. If Kenny Stills misses time, that puts him back into a spot where you could potentially use him in your fantasy lineups. We've seen him produce with Deshaun Watson in the past. A.J. Brown had another big game. The rookie in this offense, in this Titans passing game, he's going to have these up and down weeks. This is the second time we've seen him go off here, but he's going to be very, very volatile. We also saw Corey Davis have a half-decent game this week. 
Not sure I want to get either of those guys in my lineup, but Brown's someone that I would want to stash for now just to see if he can become a little more consistent as the year goes along here. At tight end, Jimmy Graham, 36% owned, had been banged up, didn't expect him to produce last week, but he pulled it off, found the end zone, and with Devontae Adams out, is somebody you can consider for your lineup. Chris Herndon, you're going to have to stash him for at least one more week. Doesn't come back from suspension until week six because of the bye, but 16% owned. He could be the savior for everyone that needs tight end help out there. If you're an OJ Howard owner and you're concerned, and I am in a few places, I've gone out and grabbed Herndon. He's at least a lottery ticket and has a great schedule like I talked about. Somebody that could potentially move up into that top six, top seven tight end conversation for fantasy. Dawson Knox producing again in that Bills offense. He's another guy who's more of a stash. You want to get Josh Allen back healthy, but somebody who could continue to come on as the year goes along here. That's all for today's show. We like to keep these Monday episodes quick just to get you caught up on the action, on the injuries and to give you that early look at the waiver wire. If you want the full breakdown of the waiver wire options heading into week five, you can check out my column Monday night on the score and make sure you're subscribed to alerts from the NFL fantasy news section on the score app and follow me on Twitter at Justin Boone. Big thanks to the Roxwells for providing the music for today's show. And big thanks to everybody out there for listening as always. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight, I said